When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Wilson Chen, welcome onto the Australian Finance Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Really nice to see you again, Kate. Yeah, it's good to be recording in person and we've got yeah. a very exciting topic to talk about today that you've kind of convinced me that we should be thinking a little bit more about. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to yep. convince everyone else. But before we dive into it, can you give me the 30 second explainer on who you are and what you do day to day? So my name is Wilson. I'm a personal insurance specialist. Um, I used to be a financial advisor doing investments, wealth management, and also insurance. And recently I have specialized in only focusing on insurance, which is a really important part of someone's financial plan. It's basically your backup plan in case something happens. Yeah, so I, I spend my time making sure that people consider what their backup plan's going to be if the unfortunate thing happens, such as getting sick or if an accident happens. You know, a lot of people don't think about it on a day-to-day basis, but it does happen to it does happen. And so it's just making sure there's resilience in financial plans. You know, there's if something happens, you can bounce back up and continue on. And if someone's listening right now going, why should I commit to listening for 30 minutes about insurance on my Saturday? Yeah. Because yep. it's not a topic we yep. really like to talk about. It's not something we want to pay because we don't want to think about having to use it at the end of the day. 100%. Yep. Why should they keep listening right now? Yep. So consider this, you know, for most young people and not even so young people, everything that you do financially is dependent on your income. So your ability to save, your ability to eventually 
purchase a home if that's something that you want to do, pay your way through life, bring up your family, have enough investments. Um, your ability to retire is all based off your income. And if you've got a family, it's your family's welfare is also based off of your income. So it's kind of the most important asset that you have in your life in terms of your finances. So making sure that if something was to happen to this asset, that it's protected is really important. You know, when I was doing full-time financial advisory holistically, you know, insurance was always a key part in someone's financial plan. Good financial plans and resilient financial plans always have a backup plan. It's not all about go, go, go. You also need to have a little bit of defense to your offense as well. So it's kind of the yin to the yang to investing. It's just making sure that, and just recognizing that, hey, things happen um, and you can get unlucky. Just make sure that you're going to be okay and not everything's going to fall apart if that does happen to you. I love thinking about taking healthy risks with my finances and that's something that helps me invest and take risks with my career. But I often think about also how can I protect that downside? So if something, the worst case does happen, how can I stop that being as bad as it could be and make it a little bit more manageable? And so insurance is a really important thing that we should be talking about. But before we sort of jump into the the nitty gritty and the explainer, can you give us a a broad overview of what life insurance, income insurance and TPD insurance, so what each of them do? Yeah. Yeah. So... These are broadly called personal insurances and they ensure for your ability to do your work and then also your life. And then if you're or if you are diagnosed with a medical or serious medical event like a cancer. So broadly, there are uh, two types of disability insurance. And when we say disability, we mean your ability to do your work. So there's cover called income protection, which protects your income if you're unable to do your work because of any sickness or injury. So it could be mental, physical, or an illness that stops you from working and it's there to protect your income. If it's something which is a bit longer term or permanent, then there's cover called total and permanent disability cover, which is a lump sum, um, which you might need uh, at that point as well, because you can't work again. You know, There's also cover called life insurance. Uh, this is there to pay a lump sum if you were to pass away or if you get told you've got a terminal illness as well. So it's generally used by people to make sure that the family is going to be okay, that they're not leaving, you know, big debt burdens behind. It's more and more important if you've got, you know, family independence. And then probably the last one is one where it's used to cover for medical expenses and just to make sure that there's no stress at that point or no additional financial stress. And that's called trauma cover. So there's four types of insurance. They all work together um, under the broad banner of personal insurances, but they're there to make sure that you've got that buffer or that um, you've, that resilience in your financial plan um, in case something happens to you. And, you know, the likelihood of that happening is really low. You know, most people won't get sick for a prolonged period of time, um, but it is one of those events where it's, if it does happen to you, it's very high impact. Like you can derail your whole everything. You know, you could spend 15 years saving and then have something happen to you and not have a backup plan and it all goes to, you know, it all goes down the drain. So it's one of those things where 
uh, it's always worth considering um, and just having a think about and just knowing your options. Yeah. So with the different options there, does everyone need all four or do do you often sort of need some at certain parts of your life and some at other parts? Yes, uh, that's a really good question. So you definitely don't need all four um, at all times. It's really dependent on what your position is like. So if you have, you know, a family, it may be more important for you to have life insurance. And especially if you've got a mortgage, because you know, if, if you were to pass away, then your partner's lumped with a mortgage, a, a child, then that's something that's really important. But that would be really different to someone who was, say, a single, um, just their you know, 20s or 30s, trying to build up their investment portfolio, trying to save for a home, etc. Then you might need income protection a little bit more. So it's really dependent on where you are. And my philosophy is you don't want to pay for insurance you don't need. Um, there's no point paying for life insurance if you don't need life insurance. Mm. You only need it when you do. And the general plan for people is as your you know, as your wealth builds, as your kids get older, if you've got them, or um, as your investments grow, you generally need less and less need for insurance because you're building up all these other assets that, you know, you do have your backup plan is your your wealth on the, on the side. So it's one of those things where it's a revolving thing depending on what's happening in your life but it's definitely no you don't need all things at all time um, it is yeah it's very dependent on what your position is and that's why it's so valuable to actually talk to a financial advisor and yeah. insurance expert about this because they can actually look at your situation and go okay at this stage of life yeah. with these responsibilities this is what's appropriate for you so you might not have to pay for all the types of insurances Correct. if they're not relevant to you now are there any other reasons why you see people find it difficult to access and connect with insurance in Australia? Yeah, it's it's something which isn't talked about a lot. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I've never talked yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. My yeah, <laughs> it's it's something where it's always back of mind, and psychologically, it's we always go. It probably won't happen to me. Um, which is true. Like statistically, it's true. You know, you, it, pro- it probably won't happen to you, but the, there are people and it could be you that gets, you know, that can get unlucky. You know, it's something because I deal with it in, all the time. I see all the stories and I hear all the stories. And some of those stories are just the most random, innocuous stories that you could think of. Like, you know, a 30-year-old goes to Bali and gets Bali belly and passes away within 24 hours. Like stuff like that where... If it happens to you, it's just such a high impact thing, and it's more of a, um, it's more of a. I think there's a bit of responsibility that needs to be taken on all parts. Where, you know, as as a person who's trying to build a good financial plan for yourself, like it is worthwhile just understanding. Hey, what are my options if something were to happen? Um, even if your plan ends up being, uh, I won't be doing. Like I, I'm happy to. to not do anything and and wear that risk. At least you've made that decision, right? Um, but in terms of just access, it's um, it's probably just not spoken about very much <laughs> at all in terms of people's uh, personal financial plans. It's it's something which is um, yeah, it's always back of mind. I think, especially even when we were doing, even when I was advising full time, it was always a it was always an area of discussion which was after. 
after the fun stuff, after the investing, mm. after the wealth building, after the, all the tax savings, et cetera. It's like, oh, okay, all that's done. Now let's think about how do you, how do you protect this position? So, yeah. Um, but I guess it's just an awareness piece and like there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's really good resources out there as well. You know, Money Smart, the government website um, has it. Um, and it, you're kind of seeing more and more of it. Um, you see Tau, which is a life insurer at the footy now and weird stuff like that. So, <laughs> like, when I see that, it actually kind of makes me like, oh, like, people do think about this, um, which is good. Yeah, I found looking at the Money Smart website really interesting in preparation yes. for this episode because they had a, a tool in there that you could see how many claims had been approved yes. for different types of insurances yep. and yep. which provider had approved the most claims yes. and the wait time as well, which was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really surprising. I mean, I think a lot of people have this uh, preconception that insurers can be really hard to deal with at claim time. Mm. and. I've dealt with many claims throughout my life, uh, throughout my you know career, and it's it's just not the case. Um, statistically, you know, more than ninety eight percent of life insurance claims get paid out. More than ninety five percent of income protection plans get paid out. Even if you go through just the default insurance that you have in your super, or if you go through an advisor, the the claims statistics in terms of acceptance rates are really high. And just anecdotally, when helping clients with claims, insurance companies are like the people working there they're genuinely nice people they're not there thinking of ways to really knock people back it's more of a um understanding what your entitlements are and then understanding what product you've bought and then making sure uh that you that it all fits and it's, it's right for you so it's more of something where um yeah i've actually had really positive experiences with with insurance companies, which is kind of weird to say and probably weird mm. for listeners to hear. But yeah, like, you know, for long-term income protection claims, people, insurers will offer you services like an occupational therapist or a psychologist or an exercise physio, which you otherwise wouldn't have sought yourself because of cost or you just wouldn't have thought so. But they've got a genuine interest to make sure that you get better truly so that you can return to work and you can live, you know, your best life and earn a full income um but yeah like it's generally a pretty good experience is what i've felt i found that quite interesting when you told me about the the income protection yes. such a high percentage sort of claim approval rate because yep. i feel like the general consensus is that insurers are hard to deal with yep. and they don't want to pay you and they're going to find every piece of evidence in the book to stop paying you yeah it's 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 really not in their own interests to be like that because if you do that then the the person who's sick or injured is going to be more stressed and then they will not get better and they will be on claim for longer so there's a genuine interest by the insurers to make sure that people are supported to get better they're contractually obliged to pay so there's no like it's very clear if you can't work because of, of sickness or injury and the doctor says, hey, you shouldn't be working, you, you're, you know, you're eligible for claim. Like there's no two ways about it. There is also value in making sure that you are represented, I guess. So that's where you know, having an advisor or an insurance specialist can be handy as well. Not in terms of trying to make sure the insurer does anything sinister. It's more of a you know what your position is and how to represent it. 
and you know what you're entitled to um, instead of being, um, yeah, instead of not knowing, I guess, because the contracts are long. You know, it is uh, it is all about interpretation of definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is disability? It's your ability to do your job. Um, so it's it's those types of things where it can be confronting, I guess, and they can be barriers, but genuinely they are, the, the contracts are there to protect both parties. Um, and yeah, like, you know, with with one of Australia's largest insurers, um, they had 45,000 customers that they paid out claims for in last financial year and over three and a half bill of, of claims. So that's a lot of families. Um, I've dealt with pretty much every single insurer and they generally all of them are really good. The claims claims handlers are generally normal people that are empathetic towards people's positions. The risks are if you're purchasing a product that you think you're insured for something and then you're not. So it's just an education piece, I think, just to make sure that you, you fully understand what you're getting. And if you do, then there shouldn't really be any problems. Or we haven't dealt with too many problems from that front at all. When might someone get pushed back? Like, have you seen examples in the industry where yep. someone thought they were covered and it turned out they weren't? Yes. So there are, so there are situations where, you know, cancer, let's use cancer as an example. It's defined as something, right? It's you, there's a medical definition for cancer. So if someone's cancer doesn't meet those medical conditions, that's when there's, that's when there could be problems. Um, but we've found that in the past that like we've had moral claims paid where cancer definition didn't meet what was in the product disclosure statement, but because the client had to go through treatment, that's what the policy is there for. We made the argument that, hey, morally it should be paid and they're paid. So it's one of those things where it's definitely not there to catch people out and these definitions are updated and they're regulated but there are holes in them as in there are always situations where precedent needs to be set when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and what about what you have to declare? Because I think that's another yep. issue that comes up a bit of how much do you have to tell your insurer? Yep. And if you don't tell them something and then you end up claiming for that, is that when that could be pushed back on? Yeah, definitely. So when you go through, it's an application process. So insurance isn't just offered to to anyone. You need to apply for it. And when you apply, they do ask you questions about your medical history. It's really important to tell the truth. Um but you don't need to tell them anything that they don't ask you. So the questions go around your family's medical history, your own personal medical history, you know, whether you've you know, had diagnosis, where you're getting treated for something at the moment. You know, it's, it's, it's really important to kind of consider these insurances when you're younger, I guess, <laughs> before things happen to you, because 
generally it's you know it kind of makes sense that if you've already had something happen to you it's very hard for someone to ensure you for that thing happening again say you know if you've had um if you've had a heart attack before no insurer is going to insure you for having a heart attack in the future kind of thing so yeah it's um it's an application process because you are dealing with a lot of money at the end of the day. You know, if you are insuring for a million dollars of life insurance, it's a million bucks. Mm. You know, they they will want to ask questions, but they're generally fair. Um, and then I guess our job is as insurance specialists and advisors is to kind of be that bridge between what the insurer wants and what the client is representing or disclosing. So there is a proper way to disclose and just to represent yourself fairly. Like it's, it's something where... Um, I think there is a lot of value in seeking help to help you go through these things because, yeah, it's one of those things where there's a lot of money on the line. So just make sure you know what you're paying for and what you are covered for. Yeah. So the process you're describing, the insurer would then, based off all the information, create a customised quote yes. and pricing yep. for each individual person that factors in the information you provide yep. and maybe excludes certain things. Yes, exactly right. So... Usually you get pricing based off uh, your age, your gender, what you do as a job. And then when you go through the application process, which is um, you know, normally just a 15 or 20 minute questionnaire, those questions will tease out certain things. And then depending on what's disclosed and what's happened to you in the past, then terms may be offered. Most of the time it's just, um, cool, um, thanks for letting us know, that won't affect your policy at all. We're happy to insure for that. And it's called standard terms and you get offered. Or um, if it's something where, hey, you've hurt your back in the last year, um, we will take a three or four year period before we'll cover your back again. So you might have an exclusion for that period of time and then you get it reviewed and have it removed later if that's still the case. So it's a a review process. You you kind of have to keep on top of it on an annual or biannual basis, I guess. And yeah. Okay, so it's probably at this point that we should differentiate between the insurance we've just discussed and also getting default insurance inside of superannuation. So many people listening may actually have insurance already through their superannuation fund and they didn't necessarily have to go through any of this process. It just was there. Correct. So the, um, the, the regulators... And the people who make policy for Australians understand that most Australians need some level of this cover, even though they don't like, even though they don't know what it is, kind of thing. So a lot of the time, most people will have default levels of life insurance. They'll have default levels of total and permanent disability insurance, total and permanent disability insurance, and income protection through their super funds. It's just a default level, and it's not there. And it's not customized to your needs and what you are doing in life. For example, you might have life insurance, like when you don't need life insurance, you might have a really small amount of income protection when you've got a really big mortgage. So it's making sure that what you're paying for is relevant to what your position is. But yes, you do. Def- most people definitely do have some level of cover there. So just make sure that you're paying for like, you're getting value for what you're, you're mm. paying for and it's actually relevant to what your position is because, yeah, when you might need it most is is a time where it could be, um, you, know, you, you don't ever want to go into a situation where you go, oh, I should have thought of that, you know, or, or, yeah. I'd imagine most Australians wouldn't 
even know what level of cover they have yeah. with their insurances until the point hits where they go to claim on yes. that insurance, especially within superannuation. Yeah, I've, of you know, everyone that I've spoken to, most people don't really know, but it's important. It's really easy to check out. So. When you get your next annual statement from your super fund, don't just ignore it. Um, have a look at it. See what you're paying for. You know, you could be paying a couple hundred dollars. You know, some people might even have a thousand dollars worth of premiums in there, which they don't even know that they're paying. So just stay informed. Look at your investments. You know, look what you're invested in. Look who your beneficiary is. Look what type of insurance is in there and just make sure it's all ticked off because it's all part of your financial plan. So and it doesn't take much to set it up and get it right. And it's always easier to get it right before something happens than trying to do it after the fact. Yeah. Do you find most people, once you do look at the default level of cover they have in their superannuation fund, that maybe they do need to adjust it a little bit to be suitable for them? Yeah, pretty much 100% of people. Yeah. <laughs> every time, yeah. Like if, if you look at it, you go, oh, what do I need this for? Um, or um, yeah, it's really it's really something where... Because it's just a default mm. level, which is you just- You might be in a high-risk job or something Correct, like that. which is just given out to everyone. Um, it's it's really important just to customise it to yourself because, again, you don't want to be paying for insurance premiums, which you don't need. And then you also want to be covering off the risk that you do want to cover off on. Mm. So it is, it's really not a long process. It's like a, um, it's almost, it should be kind of like a- part of life admin just to tick it off once and then also make sure you look at your beneficiaries like in terms of your superannuation it's really important to know where the money is going to go and how it all flows if something was to happen so yeah definitely definitely have a look is that something you can call your superannuation provider and ask them how do you change your level of cover that's something you can do through your super fund yes yes you can yep. so you can definitely do that through your super fund um insurance so your Super funds aren't the ones insuring their, their their customers. It's an insurance company which is operating, you know, through like the insurance is operated uh, is offered by an insurer through the yeah. super fund. If that kind of makes sense, you can go through your super fund to make changes to your insurance. Yeah, definitely. Why do you think it's more helpful to speak to a financial advisor, an insurance specialist about yep. this, knowing that you are one, but yep. sort of on behalf of the industry, why yep. do you think it's important to get someone to look at your own situation? Yeah. It's the, the main point is at the point which it's most important at claim time, you have someone there that's on your side and you have a single point of contact who's there to help you throughout the whole process because if you're sick or if you're unable to work, it's a really stressful time. Like I've seen it, you you pretty much just want to get better. You don't really want to deal with mountains of paperwork. It's basically having someone on your side. That's just like, you know, that's emotional, uh, you know, it's, it's a support thing um, as well. Insur uh, insurance specialists and advisors will usually compare, you know, across a, a bunch of insurers to kind of find the best product for you. So we operate very similarly to mortgage brokers where you go to you go to a mortgage broker to find the best bank to fit your position. That's exactly what an insurance specialist does and it's, that's also what advisors do. They will fit the best product to your position. So by going to your superannuation fund, it's just 
it's basically the same as walking straight into CBA and, and asking for a loan. They'll give you a loan, but it may not be the best loan for you and for your position. Yeah, they're only going to offer you. They can loans. only offer you one product because that's what they do. But I would rather someone just get you know one product than no no insurance at all. So yeah, it's something um, horses for courses. If you if you want to just deal directly with your super fund, cool. Um, but there are options out there where you can have someone on your team and then they're usually free as well, just like mortgage brokers. Yeah, I guess that's probably the other question. Yeah. How do insurance specialists and advisors offering insurance get paid? I think a lot of listeners would probably want to know that. Yeah, absolutely. So insurance advisors and some advisors, some advisors choose not to take commissions, but we get paid via commissions. Um, exactly how, like uh, comparing with the mortgage brokers again, it's um, there's two ways to get paid. You either get uh, charged fees for service or you can get paid a commission by the insurer for the work that's done. And the commission is for the purpose of helping someone through the whole process, through the claims process. So there needs to be a way to, you know, for people to get remunerated and to work in this space. It's really important to note that insurers all pay the same rate. So there's no kind of conflicts of interest in Mm -hmm. terms of trying to uh, put a client into a particular insurer because they pay you more. It's all about fitting the right product to someone's needs. Um, and it's, it's yeah, that, that's how it all works in terms of remuneration. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. it's good to know because yeah. there's no incentive for you to choose one over the other. It's more just finding the right product. Are you able to share any client stories recently where you've been able to help them through that process and make it easier? There's someone that we've supported through this process was, we'll go back to that example that I, that I pointed to earlier where they, they had a cancer um, and it didn't meet the exact definition of an insurer. So the insurer initially knocked them back saying, hey, it doesn't meet the definition. But then we were able to just go, hey, the point of these policies are there to make sure that people don't have financial stress when they need it. And this person is going through a treatment. So we were able to get that paid. And so that's probably a really bad. Ex- that's a really bad example because it kind of shows the battling of it. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. the income protection. Yeah, we'll do yeah. an income protection one. So um, we've got a, we had a client who is on a mental health um, claim, meaning they they're just not or the the psychologist their psychologist is telling them, hey, you probably shouldn't be working at the moment to look after your mental health and just recover before you can go back to work. So while she's recovering, she's getting paid an income protection. Um, benefit. But at the same time, it's not just, oh, here's here's money, good luck and wait for you to get back to work. They've come back to me with really good feedback saying, hey, the insurers offered me to, you know, work with an occupational therapist. They've offered to work with a exercise physiologist. Um, And they're helping me, you know, actually feel better, get better. And then you're supported throughout the whole way to make sure you do genuinely get better it's not like a here's a bunch of resources let's push you to get better because statistically you're probably just going you know if you're not truly better you will you, you especially if it's mental health you will you know probably go back on claim so for them it has it has been really eye-opening in that it's really shown that there is all parties actually have a genuine interest in making sure that person returns to full health um, which is like, which is really good to see because otherwise, 
if she didn't have this policy, there'd be mortgage stress, kids stress. It'd just be impossible to get better. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's there's heaps of other stories where, where people get, you know, your cancers, if get put into, unfortunately, into a wheelchair or something like that, where th- those claims are a bit more straightforward. If, if something happens to you, then it's, we just have to prove that it's happened to you and then the money is usually paid out really quickly. Yeah. And if you're speaking to an advisor or an insurance specialist about potentially getting yep. any of these insurances, are there any sort of questions you would be asking this person? You just want to make sure that you understand everything that you're being advised on. So don't be afraid to ask all the nitty gritty questions and don't be afraid to make sure that you're really comfortable before you proceed with anything. So with insurances, it's always a cost versus value thing, right? You can insure for the whole world, but it will cost an arm and a leg. So it's just making sure that your advisor or your insurance specialist understands you and what you care about, and then making sure that they fit that product to you uh, in a cost, in a a way which is is affordable. Um, So yeah, it's just making sure that you're well-informed and you're comfortable before proceeding. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. I think from the other side, you know, the person that's getting asked the questions, I always appreciate it when people engage and ask more questions rather than not, um, because then, yeah, like it, it's just better for everyone, I guess, if everyone's fully informed before proceeding. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to know exactly what you're covered for, exactly. how much it costs. Ask the advisor why they think you should have this particular exactly. insurance. Yeah, correct. You know, and if it's, if what they've advised, you know, isn't, you don't feel fully comfortable with it. You know, don't be afraid to ask: Is there is there a way we can redo this? Um, I don't really feel comfortable about this part. Is there a way I can do? You know, is there a way I can reduce cost? Is there a way I can increase cover, um, etc. So there's always ways to change the product and to fit the right product to someone. Um, and yeah, there's always a way to, to make that work. Yeah. So if someone mm. listening to this is going away and going, okay, I do want to do something about my insurances. Yep. I'm not really quite sure where I should start. What's what's the best starting point for people? Yeah, I think the Money Smart website is a really great website just to get a basic understanding of what these covers are. We'll also link a document in the show notes, which will just be a one or two pager, which will summarize all this and where you can get help and more information. You can also check out my website as well, which is welifeinsure.com.au. What's the number one thing you want listeners to take away from today's conversation? Whether it's insurance or not, make sure you consider what your backup plan is if something was going to go wrong. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be insurance. You can use your family is also another factor. You know, if you've got um, you know a bunch of assets which you can lean on if something was to happen, but just 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 think about what what is your backup plan if something was to happen. It's really, really important, especially if you have other people depending on you. You know, it's 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 a core responsibility to make sure that, hey, these things are considered and ticked off. You never want to be in a position where you, you go, I should have thought about this and it's too late. Um, it's, it's a low cost, high impact kind of thing that you can do for yourself. And it's a really, really important part of everyone's plan as well. Yeah, and we all want to have our financial house in order. We we yeah. love thinking about investing for the future, but we also need to think about how we can protect ourselves yeah. and our family if the worst 
situation does happen or we're out of work for a period of time so we can protect our income source and keep paying for all of those day-to-day expenses yeah. since uh, life's pretty expensive at the moment. Well, Wilson, thank you for giving us an overview of everything in today's conversation. We'll link resources to everything in the show notes yep. so everyone can have a deeper dive into that. And I think we also have a free course that touches on insurance on RASC education, so I'll link that in as well. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.